Welcome back to Bankrupt Overland. We're back at it here with the regulars. What's up, guys? What's up, man? <laughs> nice intro. Hey, what's up? <laughs> got uh, got an old friend of mine joining us tonight to talk about race buggies, rock bouncers, just raising hell and tearing shit up. What's up, Jake Berkey? Oh, nothing much, man. Thank you guys for having me on, man. It's uh, it's it's amazing to have a whole bunch of like-minded people all in one spot. Definitely, you know? definitely. A lot of the same passions. Nice. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, it's going to be a fun night tonight. We're going to dig into some old stories, learn about what uh, the business Jake has built and what he does in the off-road community and uh, just have a lot of fun. We're pumped. Uh, but before we get Great. into all that, let's catch up on uh, anything we've done since the last recording uh, as far as getting out or working on our trucks. Anybody uh, got anything they've worked on? Steve, I have Jeff? things I have to work on. Oh, you made a <laughs> I got list. A, yes, yes. I got a, uh, a little clunk in my drive line, so I got to grease the uh, front and rear drive shafts. Um, discovered that was it, last weekend when I was at Wheeler Wildlife Refuge there in uh, Madison. Uh, and then my parking brake is um, not as great as it used to be, so I've got to got to adjust that so nothing too major nothing too crazy but i'll do i'll do both those on my next oil change so yeah those aren't bad those nah, are, uh, super easy things for sure for sure yeah uh jeff you been anything fun oh man i did a little trip down to huntsville with the kids but no off-roading this week um the only thing that i did that is worthy of speaking of is uh version two of a diesel heater i'm building for a buddy um I got most of the work done on uh, drilling the holes and stuff in the box that I'm putting in and all the stuff that I didn't want to screw up done. So um, kind of just played around with that, but no, no uh, off-road or any fun stories. Yeah, Jake. So a, a diesel heater uh, in the Overland community is how we stay warm when we camp when it's cold outside. <laughs> right. Okay. We, we build these little heaters, put them in Pelican cases and then, blow warm air into our tents so we don't we don't get chilly when it's when it's really cold. that's awesome yeah yes. <laughs> it's pretty sad to say it but you know once you're there and you're yeah. in it it's it seems a lot cooler and it's fun to talk about but we sound like a bunch of pussies right now <laughs> no I, I guarantee you i sound like a more of a pussy because like you know whenever i go camping like we bring like a 43 foot rv you know what i mean and uh, have, like, okay. yeah you know what i mean and you have a 20,000 BTU heater. I don't feel bad now. The, the, the most pussy out of everybody, I guarantee it. <laughs> it's like nice. we almost want to rough it in Overland. Yeah. It's like it's like we almost. want to get right on the edge, but we still want to have some creature comforts. My brother's into it, man. He's got a big international scout and he's got a, a trailer nice. um, that he's got outfitted with all of his stuff, you know, inside there. And he'll go off and do that. And then he's got a buddy of his that's in Colorado and they've got a big suburban and uh they do the same thing they've got a tent that's on top of it and they go out and the tent folds out and they got these stanchions that come down and they have everything inside. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting nice. man and another one of my good friends has got a van that he outfitted and they've got water tanks that pull out from the back and i mean everything that you could possibly need need is inside the van that's they awesome. converted it to four-wheel drive put a straight axle on the front um it's 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 on 35s like it's super cool oh, nice is it like that's a solid. ford e350 
Uh, I don't remember the, the exactly the type of van, but it, I mean, it was a Ford, so it was like a E350 van, right? Yeah. They yeah. A, yeah. A, they put a transfer case in with yep. like a 2005 up Super Duty front axle. So yeah, it's got nice. like a Super Duty front and then like a Sterling rear and then 35, yep. oh, nice. a, a, a lift kit. And yeah. I, I want to say that E350 is leaf spring all the way around. If I'm not mistaken, it okay. might be full spring in yeah. the front, but. Anyways, sure. yeah, thirty fives, and it's it's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and stuff that pulls out, and yep. it's cool. That is Steve, awesome. Can you can you build that when you do your van? That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, it sounds. My a requirement better. is I have to be able to stand. So unless if it's a pop top van, my six oh. three ass is not standing in an E three fifty. Yeah, you are a tall yeah. dude. Yeah. That's uh, a problem. Yeah. But yeah, so so you're familiar with the overland life. We're not we're not talking oh, yeah. complete complete newness here uh oh in, yeah in this for world, sure in this world for sure that's good it's interesting good. man i think it's just such a cool take because like whenever i first started off-roading i wanted to immediately be as hardcore as possible and as i'm getting older uh i'm just enjoying nature more and more and more and yeah. uh that's awesome you know our buggies are designed obviously to be like the most hardcore thing out there but at the same exact time uh you know I, i'm slowly getting to the point where i i really just enjoy going out and checking out nature and just being there and being part of it and climbing big hills and driving around. But at the same exact time, uh, you know, uh, we've got exhaust on our new buggies. Our old buggies were open headers. I've got doors on my new buggies. Normally you have to climb through the roof, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I just enjoy that stuff, man. And I think overlanding yeah. is something I'd really be enjoying, you know, I'd, I'd yeah. really be interested in too. We should put a rooftop tent on one of your buggies. Right, <laughs> <laughs> like the ultimate uh, bug out vehicle. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could just literally oh, go wherever sure. you wanted to, and and uh, of course they don't have much room. Is the only problem, you know. But you'd have. I'm to sure you could fab something up. Yeah, exactly. Like tow a trailer or something with it. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, it's funny because like when we go, when you guys go four wheeling, you know, you were just talking about your diesel heaters. I'm sure you've got toilets and stuff and showers and everything else. Mm-hmm. Like yes. when I go forward, <laughs> I have a crescent wrench that's about this big, a pack yeah. of zip, tie, zip ties, and and some crackers, and that's it. <laughs> simple. Yeah. Very we simple. can't fix it with a crescent wrench. You're not fixing it, huh? <laughs> no. My my entire thought process of this is build the buggy to where it cannot break. I mean, the only way that you're going to break it is literally if you just wreck it, like you hit a tree yeah. at 40 miles an hour. Like we roll them over and we put them back on their tires and we keep on going. And the crescent wrench is just for like tightening maybe a loose bolt or something. But if it breaks, we just load up and go to the steakhouse. You know, that's that's normally what we do. I'm I'm four miles from an off-road park. So we four-wheel every single weekend. Like every weekend. Yeah, awesome. So that's great. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, let's back it up. And... Tell us about, um, so I know, so we went to, we went to college together and, and that was kind of the, that was, that was what you were known for in those areas. Cause you had a, a CJ seven. Uh, what was the, I think you were on forties or 42s? 44s. 44s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, with a pretty decent engine in it. Daily driver. Daily driver. <laughs> <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so you were known for four wheeling. So take us, take us through a little bit about how you go from just, being the connoisseur of four wheeling and then to where you're at now, where, um, you know, you, you lead, uh, a, a media company. Uh, I think you'll also have a, a e-commerce site and then also, uh, you build essentially race buggies 
uh, that, that are just these amazing machines. So take us through that a little bit, man. I'd love to hear a little about your story and kind of how you got to where you are today. And then, you know, we already heard a little bit about what your buggies do, but we'll definitely go into some stories as well through that process. Okay. So I bought a Jeep whenever I was 16 years old, I was going to buy an S10 ZR2. And if I would have got that S10 instead of the Jeep, I probably would have been overlanding with you guys, but <laughs> I had an S10. Sold it, man. Like last minute, he sold this thing and I ended up with his Jeep. Well, the Jeep was the biggest turd on the planet, man. I, within like four or five days of owning it, I blew the engine and then I, Got a junkyard wow. motor. Of course, I'm, I'm in high school. I have zero dollars to my name. I had to sell a bass guitar for one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. and then use that to buy a motor, a hundred and fifty dollar wow. motor to go back in the Jeep. <laughs> wow. And it just it started the off road passion, you know, I mean, that's how a lot of guys get started. They buy a vehicle and they just start tinkering, you know. Yeah. Next thing you know, you know, the, the Jeep's getting bigger and I can't stop thumbing through magazines and I'm reading Peterson's four by four and all this stuff. And I'm seeing yeah. all these mods. And I just want to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, there was an off-road park that was right by the house. And mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me be in their off-road uh, club because, you know, I didn't have big enough tires and a cool enough motor and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it was like my life goal to show them that, you know, that, that I was going to have something bad. You'll see. Right? So I fast forward, I, I like go to college. And at this point, my, my Jeep's on, I think, 37s at the time. Yeah. Um, I go to college and it was like on a set of military 37s. And I, I didn't have coilovers or anything. It wasn't four linked. It was still, you know, leaf springs. Yeah. And in my apartment complex, when I was in college, I literally took a grinder and went outside and just hacked all the suspension off of the freaking Jeep. And instead of having a washer and dryer inside my apartment, I had a welder and cutting torches and I would wheel them outside, (laughs) plug it up to 110 volt outlet. And I literally four linked my whole entire Jeep with scrap metal from down the road. Some guy had some old fence posts. (laughs) That's amazing. Link the Jeep and put it on 42s. And um, it wasn't long after that, I got kicked out of the apartment complex. (laughs) it was was a concrete driveway and i didn't even think about it but i've been grinding for two months and it starts raining and it rusted and ruined the entire driveway and i didn't even know it like i didn't i didn't think yeah i didn't think about yeah (laughs) so i get evicted and i ended up with this house um that was not too far away and that's when we did um we did a four link on it front and rear uh, well, I guess I did the four link at the at the house there at the apartment, but yeah. at the house I did. So this is um, on this is on Kenway, right? That was on Kenway. Yep. So I, hold on, I want I want to explain to you guys like how. So this was a house, and the basement of it was essentially a a, two, a garage, but the garage doors were like ten foot tall, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you could literally pull these bouncers in, and so every time you went to his house in college, there was always two to three very large off-road vehicles piled yeah. into this garage and like yeah. every Friday or Saturday night, you knew you could roll over there at six. Yeah. You would have some rock music blaring out of the bottom of this garage <laughs> and there would be cold beer in the fridge and you were welcome to anything as long as you grabbed something and started working on something Yeah, like, straight up Free beer, and, as long as you can weld. <laughs> that's right. And so you would, you would just go over there and, and I, I would, you know, 
didn't know my, my hand from asshole at this time. He's like, Hey, paint this or do this. Or, you know, yeah, he always yeah. had, he had to do something, but you go over there and they were always working on, always working on a four by nice. four. And that was what I remember of Jake in college. Was, wow. That was, that was what he did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and so we ended up with this house and, and we, you know, four linked the Jeep and we put it on 18 inch coilovers, 18 inch travel coilovers. Uh, I put a set of 44s on it and we swapped over a, um, an LS motor. It was a six liter LS motor. Oh, man. Um, and awesome. I literally drove that to and from school every single day. And uh, it was my daily driver. It yeah. literally was my daily driver. That's amazing. You didn't have and, any, uh, you didn't have a top on it either. Did you? Uh, well, most of the time it did not have a top. So I would just carry a, um, a, you know, like some type of a rain suit whenever I'd go to class. And if it was raining, I'd be like, son of a bitch. And I'd throw on my coat and I would literally be driving in the rain with no top, no doors, no, uh, half the time there was no windshield and, uh, just literally a rear view mirror, a center rear view mirror. And I drove that thing. If it was snowing. It didn't matter if it was raining. It didn't matter. And I drove wow. it over the place. It got rained. I mean, I'm telling you, you talk about hardcore. I mean, yeah. it's hardcore as it gets, you know. And uh, fast forward a little bit, you know, we we did all that stuff in college, and you know, I just I just had the itch so much. Um, I got a really good job leading out of college. Um, yeah. I lucked up, man. I got a job at a nuclear plant. And uh, I, I started off, I, I was an engineering student and I got a job at the nuclear plant and I was doing engineering for the nuclear plant there yeah. for um, a couple of years. And then I went into supervision. But the, the coolest thing about that whole story is whenever I left to go down to this job, I mean, I, I could not, I couldn't imagine my life without the off-roading. Yeah. Well, when I got to Augusta, nobody off-roaded. And nobody had garages. Nobody worked on stuff. Yeah. So I literally bought uh, or I rented a storage unit and I converted <laughs> the storage unit into a place for me to live and have all my tools and stuff. And wow. I lived in a storage unit yeah. for nine years. And oh my God. I, just, I literally just tinkered. <laughs> what the hell? Well, then, I just, Hold on. We got to slow down. Back up. <laughs> I got to hear more. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to Busted Knuckle Films on YouTube and you yeah. type in my name, Jake Berkey, uh, you can actually see a tour like it. We did it like it was cribs, you know, except yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like completely run down I'm in the ghetto in a storage yeah. unit. And they're like showing my place. And my entire living quarters was 60 square feet, six, zero, 60. Wow. Yeah. And that was my bed. That was my living room. That was my kitchen. That was my bathroom, my shower, all of it, 60 yeah. square feet. And then I had uh, about 60 or uh, 600 square feet and that was the storage unit. And that's what I had all of my tools and equipment in. And I was there for almost 10 years and uh, I quit my job and uh, in 2017 and, and wanted to just, you know, basically just shoot for the moon. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm young. If I fail, screw it. I've always got a chance to recover yeah. and uh, started up this off-road company and I met a guy, a uh, buddy of mine, his name is Matt Myrick and Matt Myrick had busted knuckle films mm-hmm. and, um, he does all of the, all of the YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's the guy right. who's in charge of all that stuff. And, and that was, you know, his company at the time or whatever. And we partnered up and, uh, and now we have the busted knuckle off-road and the busted knuckle films. And we've just got millions and millions of followers. Uh, awesome. we do 
millions and millions of dollars in business. We build these just insane off-road buggies. We've got an e-commerce store. Um, We sell off-road parts to all sorts of guys. We build custom axles. Last year, we built 76 14-bolt custom axles. And uh, this this year, we we bought 90 axles in December. And I think we have 13 or 12 left. Wow. So, you know, the buggies that we build, we started off in racing. Uh, We we started doing that and and we decided that we wanted to get more into like just the trail riding hobbyist type off road Mm -hmm. buggy. So uh, with the engineering background, I did a full CAD model of um, of the buggies and we went into production. We've got like an owner's manual for our buggies. And then we got a VIN number because we're a manufacturer. We were able to get an actual VIN number for our buggies. Uh, we can finance them to customers. Uh, our base model is eighty nine thousand, and then we built them up to two hundred and twenty five thousand. Oh. And um, oh, wow. our first That's year, insane. our first year, we sold uh, basically one buggy. Yes. Our second year, we built two buggies. Our third mm-hmm. year, we built six. Or I'm sorry, our third year, we built eight. And this year, we've already sold six, and yeah. we sold those in the first two weeks of January. Oh, That's wild! Wow, so, like just exponential growth man it's yeah. been it's been insane you know well as a uh, as an older friend I, it brings me nothing but pure happiness to see my friends find success in their passions and and be able to truly live out their dream and i know you and this is this is your dream man and so just as a as a friend i want to tell you i think that's how we got this whole conversation started but but keep it up, dude. Keep doing that shit, man. Keep living to the fullest because it's it's inspiring, man. It, and it kind of it gives everybody a little bit more umph to go out there and chase what their dream may be, right? So, man, keep that shit up, dude. I'm so excited that that you're taking off from from everything you've done. Definitely appreciate that, man. And and there's there's so many people like you that are you know rooting for us and remember me when I was living in a storage unit for nine years you know and <laughs> and I think that the success of that is 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 what you know drives a lot of people to be behind us and, and guys like yourself and and other people that have been there it, you know it gives me so much motivation you know and it, it helps me succeed because I I'm sitting there thinking to myself I, I don't want to let LJ down you know what I mean like yeah. now <laughs> now it's personal because if I fail you know what I mean like it, and I just, it, it's, it's just something about that drive, it. yeah. that passion. And, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know, man, I, me and my dad used to go hunting in an old F one fifty. And, uh, the first time I got stuck in the mud, I think it was, I was hooked. <laughs> that, was <laughs> it, you know? that was it. My whole life changed one, one mud puddle changed my entire life, you know? Wow. Well, you come back and look at it, right? You you surrounded yourself with the passion from yeah. you know when I when I look back to to in college, right? Some of the some of the stuff we do go out and you just go out and wheel, like you'd go out to Shit Creek and hang out, and we called it camping or car camping. Then it really wasn't. We didn't know there wasn't a name for it. Overland, yeah, it wasn't Overland. It was being poor. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. it was a, bu- a bunch yeah. of guys in four by fours going out and getting drunk and having fun, driving through the creek, and yeah, just having fun times. Like that's what yeah. it was. Speaking of driving through a creek, you remember that time that like it was like December or January? I think pretty sure it was snowing. And uh, we had built a fire up on top of Shit Creek and we wanted to go exploring in the Jeep. And the Jeep had super low gears because it had the NV4500 and then it had an Atlas four to one. 
And then we oh, had nice. five thirteens in the in the axles. Right? Oh my wow. god! So, so <laughs> the first up. year was so low you could just walk past it, you know. <laughs> and nobody was driving. We were yeah. all sitting on the hood, and we're going through the creek, and nobody's through the driving. creek. The, the, like yeah, not it's, across the creek. Through the creek, through through the it, water yeah. with water Which is spilling probably over. Make some people mad, I'm sure on the on the channel. You know, like we're not supposed to be doing that, and I get that. But like, this was not a creek that was pretty. You know what I mean? Like this, this is a shit creek, creek, yeah. Where they dumped all the byproduct. That's why they call it shit creek because that's mm. the creek that like basically came off of the uh, water treatment center and uh, <laughs> like it flowed down, and we're off roading. So this is all the water we don't want to deal with. Yeah, yeah. So, they can have so that. It is freezing cold. Nobody's driving the Jeep. The Jeep is just chugging along in first gear. And we're laughing, telling stories. LJ's on the hood with me. And he was like, how do you know that you're not going to drive off into a hole? And I said, I know this creek like the back of my hand. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth. I we jumped into this big hole and the jeep almost flips over and LJ catapulted into the water. <laughs> He's soaking wet. The jeep is chugging, still trying to go, and I have to get in the water and and we get out of it and we almost freeze to death trying to get back. To wow, the we get all the way back. It's like two o'clock in the morning, man. It's no way. Yeah. yeah, no alcohol involved at all. No. Oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that, yeah, that was a, that was a good night. Yeah, like that's that that's really one of those night. stories. Like we were talking earlier, there's just stories that we have that you just like you can't tell in an unfamiliar company because yeah. they're <laughs> exactly. like, oh, it's you're a nice guy. You don't have to make stories up to be cool. It's yeah. like, well, I'm not. Like, this is, this is the yeah. shit we did. Yeah. yeah. This, this really <laughs> no, happened. I, got some I went to bed one night, and I woke up in the morning, and apparently we thought it would be funny to winch my, my Jeep vertically into a tree. And uh, <laughs> I'm at the... I'm at the fraternity house and we wake up and we walk outside. I'm like, where's my Jeep? And we go over there and we were trying to see, like I had a Warren 8274 and we snatch block it to this big branch in this oak tree and literally winched it vertically in this tree. The rear bumper, the rear bumper is like five foot off the ground. I had to climb the tree and the Jeep swinging from the branches. Oh my God. That's a good test. How do we get to this point? You know, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> You're yeah. still alive, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it Man. was, I mean, honestly, by the, by the grace of God, I mean, we, <laughs> we made it through and somehow we didn't get arrested. I mean, we maybe once or twice, but we I got, got arrested we always a couple got off. times. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you always got, you're here now, right? That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you got to learn that bad. You got to live. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, know, you got to live. Like at the fraternity house that one time and like, we were doing donuts in the parking lot next door, which was not owned by anybody. We weren't tearing anything up or anything. It was just a gravel parking lot. Yeah. And I remember like I'm spinning and I see blue lights go by and then no. I spin around. I see him go by again. That was with Abram. And, uh, I see him go by again, and he was like, hey, man, I, I think they want to talk to us. And so we come to a stop, and my buddy was like, hey, man, take this dip. Because it'll hide the alcohol smell, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I go to get out of the Jeep, and I trip on the seat, and I hit my face on the ground, and I swallow the entire dip. Oh, no. 
the, the cops have <laughs> the cops have us lined up and they're they're like basically you know asking us a bunch of questions about all sorts of stuff and i just yak all over the crowd <laughs> and my abram my buddy is sitting there and he's just like he's like dude i can't believe you just threw up in front of these cops you know what i mean and the cop looked at me and he was like are you okay i said i swallowed a dip and he said oh i've been there he goes i feel like you've had enough punishment for tonight yeah you know wow oh my god so, some pro tip just eat some dip I mean? right before you're gonna get arrested and you'll get off yeah oh, man Oh man, there's just so many times, man. Like we were driving through town one time and no top, no windshield. I mean, V8, you know, LS engine, yeah, uh, 44s, 18 inch coilovers. You just picture this in your head. We're driving down the road. It's making noise. There's three guys in the Jeep and I just see blue lights on the roll cage. So I turn around and look and my buddy who's in the back seat is no longer in the back seat. He's gone. (laughs) And so I'm like, what the heck? And I turn around and look again and his feet are hooked in the roll cage and he's dangling. He thought it would be funny to dangle off the back of the Jeep and then couldn't do a sit up. And I was dragging him down. the highway. <laughs> Where to God, his name is Jake Parsons. Ask him the story from his perspective. The cops, yeah. the cops pull up and he's, he's upside down hanging off the back. Of the when the cops pull us over, Oh and we have gosh. to get out and help him do a sit-up. And he's like, I've been screaming for you guys to stop for the last 10 minutes. You know what I mean? He's been dragging me down the highway. Oh, my God. Let us go, too. I don't know why. <laughs> that really happened. Really I mean, Jake, Jake can talk his way out of it, for sure. I didn't, The guy pulled me over, and he was like, so, what type of motor do you have in this thing? <laughs> uh, Doesn't care about Jake at all. Uh, just... LS, and he was like, "Dude, that's so cool! Pop the hood." Next, the next thing you know, we're like trading stories about off road, and, <laughs> and he had a Jeep CJ, and he was yeah. just like, "I'm going to call you guys a taxi." I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is Cookville math, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, wow! And we used to do the thing called urban wheeling. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Urban Willing was a good time. That was a good time. <laughs> we we accidentally ran over some stuff we probably shouldn't have. So let's let's move into a little bit what you're doing now because these buggies okay. are really cool and I want to learn a little more about them. Uh, okay. So you guys build these buggies from scratch, basically. Yes. Yes. They come in as raw materials and they leave a running, driving, VIN numbered vehicle that you can take off roading and. Uh, you know, tackle the worst of terrains with, you know, and so help me out. Like, I'm trying to think of like, I think about building a car and I get immediately overwhelmed and full of anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, where do you, when you, when you're going to build a buggy, like, how do you go through the thought process? Like, where do you start first? If you're building a buggy and you're going, Hey, I need to build this. Where, where do you go first in this equation? Is it, is it building the, the chassis? Is it axles? Kind of, kind of, how do you go through that in your mind? So um, basically, you have to realize that certain vehicles are designed for certain purposes, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a car is designed for good fuel economy and yada, yada. Trucks designed for utilitarian purposes. Our buggies are designed to have the best freaking suspension package that you can buy. Okay. So I started with a suspension. So what I did was I knew because of just all the time doing engineering and everything else that the suspension had to be free flowing. I didn't want anything to get in the way of full suspension travel. 
So our shock package allows just an insane amount of articulation. We've got huge trailing arms in the back, which allows yeah. the suspension to move a bunch. So I started there and I basically went in SolidWorks and I started plotting points. All right. Mm-hmm. Once I got the points plotted inside SolidWorks and I started basically just kind of doodling inside there, I realized that SolidWorks probably wasn't the best you, best way to start building something that you don't have any concept for. Sure. So I decided to start with graph paper and I okay. literally sat down and I started drawing like two tires on graph paper to scale um, where I thought the tires need to be, where yeah. I thought the suspension needed to articulate and how the, the, the chassis needed to be routed. And then once I had some kind of overall, and I'm telling you, I had like plan views and everything and I still have them. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the the side of the vehicle and then the top of the vehicle and then the bottom of the vehicle and then the ref, left and right. And you, if you use graph paper, you can transfer all those points over. Once I had that, I went back to SolidWorks and started building all that stuff. And I had yeah. a working model with no chassis. All I had was four link bars and the suspension with the coilovers. Now okay. I can move the suspension around inside mm-hmm. SolidWorks based off of these points. Mm-hmm. Once that was there, then I took the motor, the transmission, and the transfer case, modeled all that stuff. I got the motor from, um, from a place called GrabCAD. Uh, They didn't have a good transmission, so I had to build that. They didn't have a good transfer case, so I had to build that. So Mm -hmm. just, you know, a week's worth of measuring everything. Yeah. Build those parts, put them in SolidWorks. Then I start to float around the motor and transmission transfer case so that it clears everything. Then the next step is where do the occupants sit? So then Mm -hmm. I take a set of seats and I set those inside there where I think they need to go. The last step in the entire process is how to build the chassis to make all that stuff work. Okay. So the very last thing as I build the chassis and the very first thing is build the suspension. But when it's all said and done, I knew that this had to be something that was buildable by other people. Sure. So I had to create what we call a work package. And it okay. literally has every single bar that's in that buggy with the part number on it. It literally has the suspension, the lengths of every length, the diameters, the sizes of the bolts, what the bolt part number is when you go to order it. I can take the steering and I can move the steering back and forth, make sure that all that stuff clears Mm -hmm. when your tires are turned and then it's flexed out that it doesn't get into the shocks. And I did that for every single part and piece. And it took me about two years to build that package. That's insane. Yeah, just just literally every single day. Instead of watching TV, I would carry a winch upstairs and I would set it in my lap and I would get a set of calipers and I would measure every single little piece on that winch until I could replicate that in CAD. And I had one more piece to the puzzle and I'd move that winch into location, then build bars to hold that winch. And I did the same thing with the intake manifold and the shocks and the wheels and the tires and uh, the seats. I mean, just countless hours of just being 100% dedicated. And now we have these vehicles that we build and uh, we go to the motocross track and we jump them 65 foot, no problems. Uh, then we go and we climb these big hills with them and everything. And we go out to the desert and we four wheel in the desert. The least amount of horsepower that we have in any one of our buggies is a 550 horsepower Corvette LS. Out of here. No way. That's wow. the least that's horsepower. And then our, my God. Yeah. And then the, the vehicle's <laughs> weight is right at 4,000 pounds, uh, about 40, 4,050 pounds. So we're wow. talking about a, a, a Toyota Camry, if you will, with a 550 horsepower LS motor in it. And that's the base model. 
And then yeah. we've got supercharged wow. <laughs> packages that are up to a thousand horsepower. I mean, it is literally the most badass machine that you can possibly imagine. <laughs> I'm in shock. I can't insane. I can't cool, fathom man. that. Like legitimately, I, I've been in some fast cars before. I, I couldn't fathom a thousand horsepower in a buggy. Yeah, it's wild, yeah. dude. <laughs> they're, they're they're what I consider ignorant fast. Like they're to the point yeah. where. <laughs> uh, they're scary like yeah. the, the the supercharged models are scary like when you stab the gas uh your eyes start to water and you <laughs> can't really see what's going on in front yeah. of you everything starts to rattle and you let off the gas and you're doing 90 miles an hour on something with 44 inch well 43 inch tall tires i mean it's just it's ignorant you know oh wow oh my <laughs> god you know, they're they're really really cool man and they, they've got a lot of but but back to the other thing too you know like there's a lot of tools and equipment that you have to have to be able to manufacture something like this, sure. you know? So oh, I yeah. knew that we weren't going to get there with a, you know, I built a tube bender whenever I was in college, you know, it was like my senior project or whatever for one of these, um, one of the classes I took a mechanical engineering classes. And they, they had like a, a show and tell or whatever you want to call it, a project, a thesis, whatever you want to call it at the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I built a tube bender and I knew that, to be able to build these buggies uh, to this scale that we needed better equipment. So we now have a CNC tube notcher. It like when, nice. when it's a full tube chassis mm-hmm. and we have a company called Bentech and um, they have a CNC tube notcher. And basically you load a piece of tubing in, it puts the part number on the side of the piece of tubing with an etch-a-sketch. Basically it's an engraver. Yeah. It cuts the, the sketch where the two pieces like of tubing that. go together. Oh, yeah. man, and then it the tells nicest. you where to bend it. And then we've got a CNC bender that actually bends all the tubing. Uh, we have chassis jigs that basically put all of the parts and pieces where they need to be in a big jig. And um, we're able to replicate each vehicle uh, within about an eighth of an inch between all the different vehicle, you know, all the bars and stuff that are inside the vehicle. Yeah. All of the uh, body panels are all cut on a CNC plasma table, uh, which we just, I don't know if you knew this, LJ, but we just bought a new building a couple days ago. Uh, nice. We got another another sixty by hundred going in. We're putting a big laser machine inside here, and then a, a CNC press break. And um, you know, all this stuff had to be there for us to be able to do this. So now we have a four axis CNC lathe. We've got a uh, two thousand twenty one BF four CNC mill. Um, we've got the plasma cutter. We've got the tube notcher. We've got the CNC bender. Uh, we own. Uh, 13 ESOB uh, MIG welders and two TIG welders. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just that crazy. A big Dream. operation. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just gotten to the point where, you know, it, it's insane. You know, I mean, we, we, we buy mill bundles of tubing, which is a thousand foot of DOM tubing that you normally see on like roll cages and stuff. And we go through that every about three weeks or so. So I've, I've got a question for you. Right. So uh, I know you said you're in Coleman and I need some sliders. Can I stop by your shop? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I don't want to put you on the spot. No, <laughs> but you're the no guy problem. I want my sliders to be built by. That's for damn right? sure. Right? No, we we um, you know, one of the things that we did early on was we did uh, you know, projects for customers. We do custom fabrication, and you know, a guy would bring me a Toyota or whatever, and I would mm-hmm. build them a roll cage or a bumper or whatever else. And you know, I just, I wanted to see something more big picture. You know, I wasn't done, you know, proving those fuckers in, uh, in my high school days off, you know, proving them wrong about who <laughs> yeah. I was and what I was going to do. Yep. So I decided that, you know, between myself and Matt and, and my girlfriend or my fiance now Jasmine, 
that we were going to take the business to a completely different level. And so now we have our own manufactured off-road vehicle with a VIN number, and we are literally and strictly fo- focusing on building those. That's so you, know, you guys have heard of the Polaris Razor, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. We're, we want to be the Polaris Razor of these style buggies. And in order to do oh, wow. that, we, we have to be the best at one thing. Yeah. And so we're focusing all of our energy on building these vehicles and we want sure. dealerships to be selling these things across the nation. And uh, we want to grow to the point where we're selling these things, you know, to every Tom, Dick and Harry and financing yeah. them out. And, you know, we see these things and we can just be super proud because every time I want every time one of those guys goes off roading that wouldn't let me in their off road club. Yeah. I want one of our buggies to pass them up the hill. Yep. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> yeah, thousand exactly. horsepower just going by. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> An off-road <laughs> Michael Jordan story. I yeah. dig it. Yeah. I dig it. Well, you know, it's, I've noticed that when you talk to people who who have that drive, there, there's always a chip somewhere, right? There's always something mm-hmm. that's that's that kind right. of driving force. It's like, and, and you've taken something that crushes some people and you've turned it into into your your fuel, right? right. And and it becomes your strength. Which yep. is which is pretty awesome, uh, pretty pr- pretty cool connection there. So yeah. so one thing I've noticed that's been pretty cool is you know when you when I first saw you getting into the buggies, you were racing the buggies, right? And and what most recently as you as you've been sharing out, it's it's sharing out all the buggies that you've built that are out there that people are enjoying and, and, and using them, which is I think pretty cool to see that progression right. from you know you kind of you kind of built the name and the brand through building something and then proving it. Right. Like right. saying, I'm going to go drive this and I'm going to beat all of you in this. And oh, by the way, I built this. You want one? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was crazy is whenever I first met Matt, you know, it was, I was in the blue Jeep and I yeah. was at a place called uh, Gold Mountain Off-Road Park. And I was climbing this hill that I had no business climbing. It was called the Bounty Hill at the time. And like, it was only something for buggies. Of course, I have to try it because I have no quit. And I try to climb this thing and I flip over backwards and I just catapult end over end. Yeah. Well, the guy that was sitting by the tree vi- video, and this is when YouTube like had just started coming out. Yeah. There was no such thing as like off-road vehicles like on YouTube or anything like that at the time. Like this was literally the beginning of it. Yeah. I roll my Jeep and I get out and I start talking to the guy with the camera. Yeah. He was like, Hey man, my name is Matt. I'm like, Oh man, my name is Jake. You know, and we start talking and everything. And, uh, I fast forward. I was like, what are you going to do with that footage? He was like, well, you know, I make these little DVDs with it, you know, and I sell them and and I've got this little YouTube channel you know, and and I I have this thing called Busted Knuckle Films. And at that point in time, I mean, we had a couple or he had a couple hundred followers like it was nothing, you know what I mean? And YouTube was still small. Well, he basically sold the footage to dumbest stuff on wheels. (laughs) <laughs> and it was, it was like real TV, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sitting at Hooters and I'm eating my dinner and I look <laughs> up and I'm on every TV in Hooters flipping over backwards yeah. in my cowboy hat, holding the sun drop. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, that's me. Like yeah. I'm on TV, you know, it's so cool. So I, I called Matt, you know, and I was like, Hey man, can I get that footage? And, you know, he was like, yeah, so he sent me the footage and I just showed my friends and that was the extent of it. Well, later on in life, I started racing and I knew Matt from like those days and and we'd met a few more times on the trail and off-road and everything was still small. Yeah. And we were talking and I was like, you know what? We ought to take like all the followers that you've got and turn them into customers, you know? Yeah. 
he was like, well, what do you mean? You know, and we started talking about, it. I said, we need to position me as like an off-road guru in the, in the industry. You know I mean? Basically I've got all the knowledge. I've worked in automotive parts stores my whole life. I, I was yeah. at advanced auto parts for two years and I went to O'Reilly auto parts for two years then back to advanced for two years. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was my entire like high school and college. I've got all the knowledge. I've built this freaking buggy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let's, let's, you know, publish it and show, yeah. see what we can do. So we started doing YouTube tech videos on how to nice. build off-road vehicles. Yeah. And it took off and people just watched them from all over the world. I've got this one um, YouTube video. It's on how to set up a four link suspension. And it's got just like an insane amount of views and it's shared all over the world. People call me from India and, Pakistan and Dubai. And they're just like, Hey, I've got this four link calculator, you know? And I was wondering what you thought about it. I saw your YouTube video. So Matt and I teamed up and we decided that we were going to kind of do this full time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Matt quit his job and started doing it full time. It took me a few more years, but I quit my job and started doing it full time. And we positioned ourselves in the industry as not only gurus, but we had the racing to prove it because I had a bunch of trophies from, from racing and being able to win those races and all. Yeah, nice. Now we have yeah. all the followers. We have the perfect recipe to grow this company. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just, it, all the stuff was there. The passion was there. The followers were there. The, the, the people, the supporters that were there, like LJ, you know, guys, whether or not you believe it, you know, I can feel the passion and in, in the, and in, you know, you guys saying, I hope you win, man. I hope you freaking do oh, it. Yeah. I can feel that. <laughs> yeah. and you know what I mean? It, it never, it never ceases to amaze me when I go online and people are just saying, man, I'm just so proud of what you guys have done. And it's just, that's what fuels me. So keep it up, you know? Damn. Yeah. I'll tell you what, every time we're on the rally, your name always comes up between me and Billy and my Land Cruiser. Like, yeah. <laughs> at least once, yeah. like, like it's normally when we're driving, like, and we look up this hill and it's a hill straight up and you see where someone's climbed it. We're like, that's a Berkey line. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a line. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Actually, Billy was in the passenger seat when we got pulled over and Jake was the one dangling behind us. Yeah. So ask Billy about that story whenever you see him next. Makes sense. Oh, man, Makes sense. That's when well, all of y'all live together, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had a, a fully dysfunctional family. In, in that house. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was uh, I mean, we had no less than four off-road buggies downstairs or somebody getting a bumper or tube, whatever. I mean, Toyota, yeah. the, the <laughs> Parsons, uh, Jake, he had the Toyota that we did the XO cage on. And then uh, a guy named Jeff Hensley, we built into a Jeep. And actually on my wall right here, I still have you guys are in the Jeep. So I'm going to show you this. This is pretty cool. But uh, you see that that thing right there? Yeah. yeah. That is the backside of the hoodie that you would get if you bought a brand new Jeep back in the mid 2000s. Yeah. You would get a hoodie with your purchase and it has Diamond Chrysler written on it. We built yeah. <laughs> that Jeep in our basement in college. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. So wow. that was that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, just. That was something we built like literally with like a, a homemade tube bender, uh, yeah. you know, scrap metal from the MIT lab at Tennessee Tech, yeah. you know, and and literally built, I mean, all that stuff, you know, Heim joints from Tractor Supply and stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was wild, you know. Man. Oh, so, man. oh, man, that's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. So we've been, we've been hard at it, but you're right. You know, the, the progression has been from racing into more of a uh 
a trail riding type thing. So all of our new sure. buggies, uh, they come standard with doors, whereas, you know, our race buggies didn't have doors. And we kind of transitioned into building buggies for just the, the everyday person or whatever for trail riders without doors. And then this year I was like, you know what, let's put some doors on there. Let's put some, some better exhaust and, um, yeah. you know, make it to where we've got a big tray in the back, not like you guys have, but we've got a tray for, uh, you know, <laughs> to carry, carry a stuff in the back. You know what I mean? Whereas a yeah. lot of these off-road buggies don't even have that, you know, you can put a cooler back there or you can put tools and a sweatshirt or, you know, something to eat, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So we're kind of transitioning into the more of uh, recreational stuff. The comfort, right? A little bit of right. comfort. Yeah, yeah you gotta got, have somewhere to strap your cooler, right? You need some sun drops and Dr. Peppers when you're out on the trail. Exactly. Yeah, and so you know we've got uh, <laughs> headsets that we put on our buggies, and we can actually talk to the passenger back and forth. Oh, that's you nice. Have, cool. You hit a button, and you can talk out to the fleet of buggies. So anywhere we go off roading, you know, we can hit a button and have uh, two way radio communications, just like a fighter pilot or something inside. Uh, of the cockpits they've uh we've got heated seat options we've got usb chargers and oh, well, you can have heated seats in your buggy wow man come on yeah he was giving us shit about diesel heaters get yeah, out of here <laughs> maybe i'm getting old but i like it <laughs> that's one of my that's one of my favorite things about the land cruiser is the heated seats oh it's sweet it's sweet. Nice. i'm trying to figure out how to get air conditioning seats in them next yeah i'll just rip them out of a something that already has them in them yeah yeah that'd be a way to do it yeah absolutely man i I just keep on going back to the whole mud you know like i have cabs and the air conditioning seats work with little holes right so i mean i don't not clog the holes up with mud so i I don't know i hadn't figured Uh, out yeah you have to get it out somehow tough one yeah if you just had like some type of an air system that would blow cold air on your balls i think that would be all you needed (laughs) yeah you just need like an air dam like an air dam that just comes in (laughs) Just right up the middle, man. There's a giant <laughs> vent right underneath the steering wheel. It's like, what's that? That's the ball cooler. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. If your boys are cool, everything's cool. You yeah. know? Everything's cool, <laughs> <red>, man. <laughs> That's my favorite part about the Land Cruiser. It has the vent right underneath the steering wheel. It has it's a ball cooler. It's literally for your balls. I mean, it's yeah. there's no, no way around it. It's for your balls or if you're wearing a, if you're a girl and you're wearing a skirt. Like, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it the is. engineer behind that literally probably brought that up in a meeting and it was like, you know, if we cool their balls down, if we want to be luxury. <laughs> yeah. If we want to be luxury, it's yeah. luxury and you'll sell a whole lot more units. <laughs> <laughs> Summertime in shorts is real nice. And some, some real big nice. way to the table was like, I like this guy. He's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy's going to make yeah. moves. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so question for you with so question for you with like buggies and like you know different packages and stuff like can you like maybe just give us a high level example like what a standard kind of buggy like what kind of it what exists of it like is it you know x amount of travel is it front rear lock lockers air lockers spools like what kind of just kind it's of rear just a description of technical stuff out. yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, so a, we have a couple different models. We've got the ride model, and then we've got the vision model. And in each model, we have the R and the RS and the RSS. And what those letters stand for is the ride, the ride supercharged, and the ride supercharged with rear steer. 
And so uh, that break up our different models. And basically okay. the suspension packages are all the same as in, in as far as travel goes. We have a 16-inch uh, shock in the front that's a 16-inch travel. And then in the rear, we have a 16-inch shock that has a trailing arm that gives us 25 inches of travel. But we have all sorts of different suspension packages from a standard shock with a remote reservoir all the way up to bypass shocks. And the biggest package that we offer is a six-tube, three-inch bypass shock. And to put that into perspective, I mean, we're talking about a shock that's like about the size of your waist, you know, it's like something you would see like in a desert trophy truck or something like that. Yeah. It's like above like a King Kong, they used to call them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they're basically a $3,000 per shock package. And, um, then you have like the, and that's just the shock. Now you still have to have the coils. The shock. And, yeah. That's just the shock. That's just and the that's dampening. Yeah. Um, another upgrade for the RS, uh, would be the rear steer, right? So RS. And the rear steer models all come with a fully PLC style rear steer. And this all came from um, some of the college stuff that I did with uh, PLCs and, and, you know, limit switches and, and electronics yeah. and stuff. We have a built by Jake Berkey and Busted Knuckle Off-Road 100% rear steering kit that is self-centering. So there is a joystick oh, cool. that's right next to your shifter. Yeah. And when you hit the joystick left, your tires go left. And when you hit it right, it goes right. And then it automatically knows its position. It talks to a computer and will automatically take your tires and return them back to center as soon as you let go of the joystick. And so that's an oh, upgrade. That's cool. about, it's wow. about a $10,000 upgrade to any one of our models. And then the next step would be. It's the, only 10K to get rear steer. That's it. <laughs> get yeah. out of here. Yeah. See, that feels like a deal. Like, it is. like 12k for shocks it's only 10k for rear steer 100 <laughs> cooler than shocks awesome, man. Uh, it is so cool dude it, it <laughs> rear steer is bad to the bone man um and then the next step up is is uh our supercharged models and um the supercharged models man there is so much that you have to do to a vehicle to make it have the ability to last whenever you have a thousand horsepower I mean, you're yeah. talking about a $15,000 transmission. You're talking about drive shafts with U-joints that are the same size as the Dana 60 U-joints is what we're putting in our drive <laughs> shafts. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, tubing that's two and a half inch and then 250 wall. So quarter inch wall tubing. Oh, I mean, God. this is huge. Big yeah. And, and, and that has to be in the drivetrain just to be able to support the thousand horsepower. I mean, our fuel lines are, are uh, three quarter inch diameter fuel line. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to think about it though. Like that's not just a thousand horsepower going straight down a line in a drag race for, for right. one thing, right? Yeah. This is a thousand horsepower. Catching something air, landing at every, it's, yeah, it's in motion at all times, right? Yeah. There's something exactly. that's moving. And you have to be able to harness that amount of horsepower when a guy, like, let's say he's going up to a rock ledge and the rock ledge is bigger than the tire. So you hit the gas and the tire wads up inside and then kind of comes over the top. I mean, that's a lot that you have to put into it. So we manufacture our own axle shafts here uh, We on our four axis CNC lathe. And uh, they're 300M material, and they are hardened to a 58 Rockwell. And then we basically we do all of our own metallurgy, and we build the axle shafts right here in-house, and we spline them. And they're 40 spline axle shafts. So to put it into perspective, 
your normal uh, Dana 44, which is like a pretty solid overlanding axle. You know what I mean? Yeah. About uh, to get that, two of them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's an inch and three eighths uh, diameter. And then you have the Dana 60, which is an uh, inch and a half, which yeah. is like, that's the bad boy. A Dana 60 is a big axle. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, we're taking a 14 bolt rear Chevrolet dually axle, mixing it with a super duty front axle, and then making our own shafts with custom spools that are 40 spline and inch and three quarter in diameter. And then we run a U-joint that is larger than anything that came in a Dana 60. It's actually a custom U-joint built for us. And uh, we're able to hold a thousand horsepower out of these things. And that's um, insane. Yeah. With steering, it's just insane. Literally all manufactured right here in-house, you know? So did you go through the process like to where you put things on that were already out there and broke them and were like, damn it, I have broke so much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I remember. It's like every time you'd upgrade something, everything in that chain would break. And you'd be like, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. The the most painful experiences in our life have to do with breaking parts and spending money to fix it. You know what I mean? And and it's the only way you can learn because, you know, there's no manual for what we're doing. We're the only big company that's building these things you know i mean there's a bunch of companies that are doing it and i I, and there's there's companies who are doing it on the west coast that are building like ultra four cars uh there's a couple companies on the east coast that build the rock bouncer like what we're doing um but most of the guys who are building them are building them onesie twosies in their garage and it seems like everything's still an experiment you know what i mean And, and stumbling across a recipe that works it's not always just a clear, easy road. There's no manual for it. There's no, you know, there's no like person looking over my back saying, well, you need to put a gusset there. You know, I'm literally relying on intuition and engineering background to design a full chassis and realize where the stress points are and add gussets so that it can handle these thousand horsepower plus engines and, and not come apart. And I'll tell you, a lot of times I'm wrong. You know, I got to build something and break it to realize that an gusset needs to go there, you know, Hmm. or maybe the material thickness. I mean, we're taking quarter inch plate and literally ripping the tabs out of quarter inch plate. Like it's nothing. Oh, wow. So we have to go in and we have a quarter inch plate and then we have to layer it with additional thicknesses of material so that we don't break them. And the bolts that we're running on the drive or on the, on the, the suspension joints are one inch in diameter. We're talking about one inch diameter grade eight wow. bolts. And Fish. if you go anything smaller than that, they bend. And we know the points that where where you know it, it quits having failures. And it's it's insane, man. So for sure, man, we've got a bunch of different models and a bunch of different uh cool stuff coming up. We got some four seaters that I'm designing right now. And uh four seaters. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've got some four seaters coming on the on the horizon, man. Wow. Uh oh. That's yep. awesome. Take your family out. Exactly. Have a good time. Now that's something I'm struggling with, man. I've been I've been trying to come up with a name for a four seat off road buggy, and I have not been able to come up with a clever name yet. Mm. And I've I've been uh. thinking and thinking and thinking, and I haven't been able to do it yet. Mm. I'm sure you'll come up with something really clever. Yeah, hopefully, man. I I just uh, I, it keeps me up at night. The silliest things, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's just finding a name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Man. we've got the ride chassis, and it came from like, 
you know, we we've got we had the race chassis. We discontinued the race chassis. Okay. And yeah. Let's let's, let's let's brainstorm this. Let's work it. We, we got we got smart people in the room here. We gotta have yeah. somebody come up with something okay. cool. Let's brainstorm I mean, it. This yeah. is fun. We always <laughs> we always have some fun brainstorm. We do. This is good. Oh, definitely. What so do you call so, it so you let's talk off. about what you have right now. So let's go through the names you have and see that vibe, and then see if we can work that into the name for the for the four seater. Okay. So the, the ride buggy was designed because I wanted to go riding. And that's what we call four-wheeling. You know what I mean? If you're going four-wheeling, you're going riding. And I wanted to convey the whole point of the ride buggy was so that somebody could go out riding and spend time in nature and kind of enjoy it and all that stuff. And that's that. And then I wanted uh, – uh, there's another buggy that we have that's called the Vision. And it basically is a shock package that's smaller in the front. And it takes the front of the buggy and drops it down so you can see better. And they call it the vision buggy, you know, and it's kind of like a vision of where I want the company to go. And so the the third one is the four seater. And I'm just like, uh, the freaking kid mobile. I don't know. I have no cool answer. <laughs> <laughs> would, would, the, would the four seater be based off of the ride? Well, so I am going to do a ride four seater and I'm going to call okay. that the ride four. Right. And that's okay. easy. Ride four. Cool. Done. Sure. But I have a dedicated four seat model that I'm going to have a uh, a Jeep front hood and grill on. Yep. And it's going to be an all tube chassis with like a, a, a half body, if you will, mm -hmm. and uh, and four seats in it. And that's the one that I'm having problems naming. Huh. Is OK. So, so I, I have grill? a. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. So like a, a newer Jeep grill, like a JL. TJ, because that's my TJ, OK. So. So, you know, since you're a Jeep guy, you know that they have the 4XE, which is their EV model, right? Okay, right. So, the, this the JL 4XE. So, do you think you can incorporate like the 4X and I guess maybe not the E, maybe we can replace the E with something, but then that would describe four seats. 4X. Yeah. Oh, I like 4XR. 4XR. That's pretty cool. I like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we've okay. Got, we've got uh, the ride, the vision, and the four XR. I think that's cool. I like that. <laughs> hey, there we go. Well, your other one was ride four extended riding. You got ride four you and go. the four there XR is. extended riding. Yep. Yeah. Four seat Ooh. extended riding. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There we go. We got it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be real shitty when that's not the name, but <laughs> well, like it's, a, it's a brainstorming exercise. Yeah, it's just... audio difficulties here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a brainstorming exercise. You work through them. You yeah, you gotta, like you gotta that, get, man. you gotta get through one to maybe get to the next one. Who knows? Oh yeah, on <laughs> multiple ideas. So. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's a cool. that's I a like good that. one though. Yeah, I like to I like to call it that because that's really cool. It, it, fits, <laughs> it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's built yeah. off. Something that's a little bit different. I like that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, looky there. Yeah. There we go, man. There's the whole series. <laughs> yeah, that was look good. at that. I've been struggling <laughs> with that forever. <laughs> Done. We solved it in uh, a minute and a half. Cool. <laughs> hey, that's that's the value of outside perspective. Absolutely. And a lot of times that's what it takes, man. If you know, you, you guys have heard of writer block. You know what I mean? When you're writing a book and you yeah. just run into yeah. writer's block. Yeah, you, know? you just need to get out. And Engineers do the same thing when I'm designing these vehicles. You know, I just I'll get to the point where I just have like designers block and I'm just like yep. just drawing a blank and everything I'm doing. It just doesn't I don't like it. You know what I mean? And I just get this fog. Yeah. And I have to just put it down for a few days and it comes to me in my sleep, you know? Yeah. Normally, it's when you stop thinking about it. Like if I lose something, 
I'll just I'll stop looking for it and yep. boom. It'll be right it. there. Like once I'm like, fuck that yeah. thing, I don't need yeah. it anymore. Right. <laughs> there it is. I, I needed you. Great. Can you help me find my GoPro? Because I still can't find my new GoPro I just got. Oh damn no. Oh damn. That's rough. <laughs> I gave it to my kid, I think. I don't know. Ah, well, <laughs> that is lost. Knows. It's, good. Knows. it's I'll gone. get you every time. That's right. Man. Uh <laughs> uh. I had a thought, then I lost it. Bad for radio. Oh, man. Well, if you quit looking for it, you'll find yeah. it. <laughs> 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 so exactly. perfect oh man <laughs> came back to me. You. Uh, you, you were mentioning the outside, we were talking about the outside perspective and, and talking to different people I wanted to also comment the fact that like the, the part of the outdoor community that you're in and the part that we're in don't really cross if that makes sense but I love the fact that you're like yeah let's chat and talk about it and you're open to it because I think yeah. that's one big thing we've always talked about on here is is the community aspect of it and just enjoying being outside. And yeah. as you mentioned, being in nature and just being out of the city and doing things and out in the wild. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I want to just comment on that, man. It's pretty cool. You coming on here, talking to us. We all, we don't go out and enjoy the same ways, but yeah. we're all out there yeah. enjoying it together. And, and yeah. it's really, it's really, it's a big community all together yeah. people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I was, in the Jeep community for many years, you know, and I, I was in the Jeep clubs and doing all that stuff. And, you know, I, I think overlanding super cool. You know, anybody who gets out and enjoys nature and kind of yeah. checks out and is four wheeling and all that stuff. I just, I think it's the coolest thing, man. And, and whether I'm, you know, doing 60 miles an hour and hitting a 65 foot jump on a motocross, you know, tabletop or whatever yeah. in my buggy or climbing a big hill or going out to utah and you know climbing stuff out there or just being outside and enjoying nature and and not having to do all the hardcore stuff it's still it's still the same genre just a little bit different yeah. you know yeah yeah you should uh you should come you should just show up to an offer like an overland rally I don't think I was like with the buggies and just like go do everything <laughs> people are doing their forerunners and lane cruisers. <laughs> I just feel bad. Like he did what? <laughs> <In your> buggies. <laughs> he just did a backflip on that. Oh my <laughs> just God. totally I, like I, hang out and get yeah. you know, have cold beers and just yeah. do this stuff. We got enough fridges in our area of the uh, yeah. <laughs> of the outdoors. That's for damn sure. Like, you would not believe like it would blow your mind what these vehicles are capable of. Like you know, just to goof off, we'll jump them off my loading dock. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> and just jump on <laughs> like they, you can literally just, it, it will blow your mind. Like if you're doing 50, 60 miles an hour and you hit a curb, what do you think that's going to do to a regular vehicle? It's probably going to rip a wheel and tire completely off. Sure. You yeah. literally cannot feel it. It just absorbs it. It's like, you feel it. If you, there's a there's a, a log that's down at the bottom of the hill. We have a race course. I would say a race course. It's just a course that we have. <laughs> of course, you got a race course. You got a thousand horsepower buggies. Of course, you got a NASCAR. There's not, there's not a course. There's It's always a race course. You're driving a thousand horsepower buggies. It's, it's literally in our backyard. Like yeah. when customers come down, we, we give them free rides. So anybody yeah. who wants to come to the shop, we give free buggy rides. To oh, let them shit. show exactly what it is, because I know we'll that be stopping in. in I know where Coleman is. We're heading there. <laughs> Come on down, man. We'll take a good ride. We take people for rides in these buggies, yeah. and I promise you that they don't stop telling their friends. They're just like, I can't believe this thing is real. I can't yeah. believe <laughs> rides and everything else. But we give away yeah. rides 
free because it's it's like the most ridiculous word of mouth you know advertising sure. yeah and sure. uh, at the bottom of the hill there is a log it's probably 12 to 14 inches in diameter and it's like sideways across the trail well i come around the corner and i'll hit that thing kind of sliding a little bit mm-hmm. and it'll hit all four tires and you'll feel it kind of just move a little bit, but it's not it's not crazy at all. You just kind of feel it. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Like every, legitimately, every I cannot imagine how that feels. log. We've get a chainsaw out. Exactly. And in the earphones, you know what I mean. I'm talking to my passenger. I say, yeah. "Did you just feel that?" And they said, "Yeah." What was that? And I said, "Look right over there." And they look over, and we just hit a log. And I said, "We just hit that log at about 40 miles an hour," you know. And they're like, "No way." And I'm like that log we hit at 40 miles an hour sideways <laughs> you know what i mean and they're just like i cannot believe this thing is real right now you know That's and bonkers. so yeah you guys ever get bored come over to the shop man and we'll take you for a couple rips we got it we normally have a couple buggies here at all times uh we built one for matt um it's a 2022 ride and um, I had my buggy that I just sold and I have a new one that's on I'm actually uh going to powder coat with it this week so oh, I'll have cool brand new buggy uh 2022 model ride that'll be done in probably two to three weeks wow that's awesome nice you guys are more than welcome to come down anytime if mine's not ready we'll take mats out if if uh both bars are ready then we'll we'll go out to stony loans and we'll hit some hit some jumps and stuff <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna nice. volunteer my family on our way down to florida this year to uh yeah. stop in coleman we'll just make the extra little trip and uh take the kids for a ride yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, Five miles off the interstate, you it would be irresponsible. Oh, that's you not to. Is that it? Yeah, yes, I'm, I've been driving that name. I'm, I'm an asshole. I'm the asshole here. <laughs> I've driven by you so many times, and so right. many times where I could have easily stopped in and been like, What's up, dude? <laughs> yeah, it's literally five miles off the interstate, exit 299, man. And it's uh, it's so easy to find. You just basically get off the interstate, you start driving, you climb a big hill, and there's these brand new big shops on the right hand side, and we're the one on the right. That's Man. Tennessee directions for you people. Yeah, that's that, good directions <laughs> down here in the south. About five miles, yeah. look for the big shops. <laughs> Go over the big hill or the shops on the right. Yeah, yeah that's landmark stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I went over the big hill or that's just a normal hill. Which one's the big hill? You never know. Yeah. So we're actually it's it's wild, but we're the highest uh we're the highest mountain peak, if you will, or the highest hill or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. in our county. So because of that, we have a Verizon tower and an AT&T tower literally on top of the hill with us. I'm sure there's a water tower somewhere close by as well, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's not too far away. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we've got this cool little course set up right here next to the shop and, you know, we go up and down and our neighbors, uh, they do the exact opposite of what we do. They're called zero RPM. And they design uh, these generator systems to go in like ambulances and uh, they basically save electricity and fuel by, by <laughs> running a generator. Yeah. Whenever you pull up to a crash, if you're a police officer or an ambulance or a firefighter, mm-hmm. you're supposed to leave your vehicle running so you don't accidentally kill the battery. Sure. Yeah. So their entire business model is saving fuel, and our entire business model is burning it. <laughs> burning it. <laughs> yeah. so, as much as hey, possible. we see y'all, but we're running three quarter inch fuel lines. So, <laughs> so crazy thought. Have you ever thought of building an electric buggy? 
Yes. Oh my god! So in my inbox right now. Oh my gosh! Quote. You could make that thing so dang powerful. Oh yes! In my inbox right now is a quote <laughs> from a company called Hypercraft, and they have built a uh, twelve hundred horsepower desert trophy truck. And we went and saw their operation, and they hooked us up with basically everything that we need to build an electric vehicle. Um, the there's a few challenges though with the electric vehicle. Yeah, um, man. You know, obviously the engineering is a challenge, but you know we can we can figure that out. Like we're smart guys, yeah. we'll figure it out. Uh, building the vehicle is not that big of a deal. We know again, we we can design and build all that stuff. The problem becomes what happens when you go off road. You go off the grid for the most part, right? Yep. You're no yeah. longer in a situation where you can charge easily. So by design, these vehicles are going to go away from electrical sources. Yeah. And now how do you charge it? So we started trying to look into, uh, you know, how long it would take to charge one. And, and the, the vehicle's horsepower would be somewhere around uh, 450 kilowatts, which is about a 600 horsepower engine, if you will. I mean, the yeah. kilowatts to engine is about 400, about 600 or so. 450. I was like, I'm sure there's a math equation around the corner with you here in a second. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll do <laughs> all that stuff. But yeah, there is. And and if you do the equation, basically, you come up with the amount of power and the amount of kilowatt hours that you need to power the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Well, in order to basically have the amount of kilowatt hours that we need, we're somewhere in the 80 to 120 range, depending on how throttle happy you are and how much yeah. electricity you're using. Wow. The problem is, is that whenever you start looking at charging this thing, let's say you're in the middle of nowhere at an off-road park or something, and you have a 110 volt outlet, like you would charge, uh, or you would run a grinder off of. It's a 15 amp circuit. Well, what, what, well, what about what you would charge your generator or your RV on, right? Because those are at most off-road like parks. Is that what you're talking amps. about? Like yes. Those? Now those are, are going to be maximum about a 30 to 60 amp, right? And the okay. maximum amount that you're going to be able to trickle charge into that is going to take you somewhere in the neighborhood of about nine hours to charge the vehicle up. Like so if it's completely an overnight completely charge, dead, you're talking about nine hours to charge it up. Now, if yeah. you had a 110 volt outlet, like coming from an extension cord from your house going out there, it's somewhere around 14 hours. Yeah. And that's our biggest struggle is how do you quickly charge these things? So we decided that we were just going to buy extra battery packs and you charge them at home. And when you go off road and you just bring a second battery pack, we'll make it quick disconnect. Problem is the battery packs are most of the $60,000 that it takes to do the electric vehicle. Yeah. Those yeah. Are expensive. Battery, expensive. The battery packs are about uh, 25 to $30,000 and you would need, you would need two of those, right? Yeah. One for charging and swapping and one for in the vehicle. So you're talking about 50 to $60,000 in batteries plus the vehicle, which is going to mm -hmm. be an extra $30,000 on top of our already fairly expensive $90,000 vehicle. So you're talking yeah, about a yeah. $120,000 vehicle, plus you have to have an extra battery pack of $30,000. So you're talking about $150,000 and you got to make sure that you charge them and you can only four wheel for two days. So that's the biggest problem that's that we challenge. have. It's not like we're in California where we've got rapid charging stations everywhere. Yeah. We have to come up with a, a way to do it and a, and a generator you know, you fire up an 8,000 watt generator to charge your vehicle overnight. It, it, it won't do yeah. it. Overnight. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was thinking like, you know, you got off-road parks that have the uh, RV hookups. You know, you could, mm -hmm. you come in at night, you plug it in. Would it be able to go an entire day of yes. trailing, you yes. know? And so it, it would just be, it would be more of like planning. Like right now you plan for fuel, right? You bring your fuel, right. 
And so it would be just that. The hard part is, is like you're saying, like if you go to a place that is truly off the grid and there's not an RV hookup or actually right. any hookup and you're just trying to camp and go ride, then yeah, exactly. you're in a you're in a tough spot because you're going to need to find somewhere to charge that. And you guys overland, you know what I mean? So you know that a lot of the off-road places that you're going to go don't have just RV places all over yeah. the place. Like there might yeah, be that's, a, the, that's strictly what we build our vehicles for is, is the opposite of being self-secluded you know, so I have solar panels on my rig, you know, charging the second batteries and stuff. And we're trying to be like off the grid. So we don't have to rely on that. Right. And you bring the other aspect and it's just, it's a hard combination. It's a hard mix. Right. And that's, that's what we've been struggling with, with the whole thing. And, And don't get me wrong. Like I could build one badass vehicle that is electric powered. I mean, you're talking about an, an insane amount of torque, uh, some of the engineering problems that we have with a naturally aspirated engine or even a supercharged engine, just, a, a you know, an ice engine, inter- internally combusted engine. Some of the problems that we have and that we face with, you know, angles and such. So, like, you know, your oiling system inside your your engine, when you start getting crazy sideways, you have to worry about that. You have to think about how you're going to have fuel pickup whenever you're going up a hill or on your side, you know, you're going through a big crack or something like that. You have to be yeah. able to still deliver fuel and you have to keep this thing cool with the radiators. All that stuff goes away when you go to electric. It's a much yeah. better platform. The problem is, is one cost and then two, you know, just the, the serviceability of the batteries and being able to, uh, to to build something that people can enjoy and and it doesn't become a burden having it, you know. So, yeah, it'd be I've, really cool, though, if you oh, could just figure all that like, stuff out and, and make one. That'd be awesome. Well, <laughs> the other thing about it is vehicles shapes are dependent on all of the components in the vehicle, the reason a truck looks like a truck and a car looks like a car is because there's an engine, there's occupants there and there's a place to put stuff in the back. And, and, And because it's an electric motor, now you can make the batteries do whatever you want to. I mean, hell, put your the, weight wherever you want. You have you a truly balanced vehicle. You, to. you could put the occupants wherever you wanted to. You could be driving it like Superman style, or you could have it stand up. You could make it whatever your heart desires. Yeah. You could literally have the, the person in the very front, or you could have them in the very back. Like, like the sky's yeah. the limit for design once you get into the electric models. It's just, again, what type of clientele is, you yeah. know, there, I think, I, I, th- I think you could find them, honestly. Like, I, I think there's like, if you think of places like Moab and you think of, you look at the whole, the bigger picture, a lot of these people just go to places that have, are, are, are like parks, right? Like Windrock, AOP, these parks that have these RV hookups. And if you kind of plan around an RV hookup, you might be yeah. able to find something. If they can charge overnight, I think that would be you know, yeah. if, if I was, if I was sitting there going, Hey, this is my passion and my hobby. Like you could easily plan around like every night, just charge it wherever your right. RV hookup is. Yeah. And then you true. have a full day of wheeling. Like that's, right. that's good enough. Right now yeah. you got challenges, other, other, other areas, but at the same time, if you could do that, you could plan your adventures with that rig pretty well. I mean, Absolutely. you know, wherever you're going, uh, Absolutely. I don't know, man. I, I think you might be onto something. I don't know. I'm going yeah. to challenge you a little bit as your friend and and just tell you what I think. Uh, I can't really hide that anyways. I'm not really good at not saying what I think. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a curse sometimes. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think you could be onto something, man. That could be really, really cool. And especially in the West Coast, people out there would probably dig it a lot more than we would down here yeah. in the South, simply because, like you said, there's yeah, the so many 
state like the the the, the, the availability infrastructure of the charging is systems is is stronger on the west coast than it is right, on the east right. coast. Yeah. And they've got the rapid chargers and stuff like you know that. And and the thing about it is that we talked about this this the vehicle does have regenerative braking, and that was something that we decided to put into the motors early on. So um, you know it. it like, let's say we have an 80 kilowatt hour battery and and you're basically driving this thing for uh, a normal off-road journey, which, you know, for us will be, you know, six, eight hours will be a long mm-hmm. day, right? Well, it's a long if, day. We'll... Yeah, it's a long day, you know, and, and let's say you get back to camp and your batteries are not fully depleted. Let's say you're at 30% or 40%. You technically don't have to charge the entire battery system. You only have to charge 70% of 80 kilowatts. True. So in that situation, it takes six hours to charge instead of eight or nine hours to charge. So, yeah. so it, it's the real life thing that's kind of hard. It's almost like you have to uh, get an investor, build it, and then do the trials and tribulations to figure out what it is that we really need. Do we need 80 kilowatts? Maybe we only need 60. Oh, maybe we need actually need 120. You know, is 450, uh, you know, kv motor going to be sufficient or do we need something a little bit bigger or is, yeah. is that way too much do we, yeah, there's maybe a lot of r&d that goes into that right, right. to figure maybe, out maybe what that what that right power. mixture is mm-hmm. maybe electric power is actually even more violent than an intro <laughs> engine and I, yeah. we only need 300 kilowatts to make it seem like your eyeballs are going to get skint back you know and and in that situation <laughs> then maybe we don't have to have an 80 kilowatt. So if we really just need to build one. And so if anybody out there is listening, they want an electric bouncer, I am ready to go because yeah. I have everything in the engineering and everything ready to go. I've all, I've got the PO in my inbox to pull the trigger on a full electric drivetrain for one of our buggies and uh, we can make it happen. Boom. That's there it. There we go. We got any heavy hitters out there. Give them a call. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They'll build you one. I yep. like it, dude. I think I, you know, I, I believe, I believe you're going to find somebody. I, yeah, we, I believe you will find somebody through your network conversations, all that, that says, Hey, this sounds cool. Let's do it. Yep. And yep. I'm, I I'm pumped to not hear a buggy just scream past. <laughs> <laughs> nice it's going to be quiet. Crazy. Like, be awesome. It's going to be wild because like, you know, you, with an electric vehicle, you don't have the motors down. Right. So it's yeah. just, uh, you know, there's some engineering things there, but like, I feel that everybody who's like a Southern redneck is going to want like a PA system with the sound of a big one. You know <laughs> what I mean? Pipe like, it into the headphones. <laughs> there you go. Literally, oh, yeah. I don't, if I owned one, I wouldn't want it to, I would just want it to play, be able to play Dixie. Like that'd be my horn. <laughs> yes. Just Alabama on repeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like th- this is my dual exhaust. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because exactly. I mean that yeah, is we, that is a trait. Like y'all, your buggies are like they learn. You know, it's you know, there's a lot of power there. Like oh yeah, there's no doubt about it, man. I mean, you know, whenever one of our buggies comes up, you can you can feel it in the ground. You know what I mean? Like it's just it demands respect. You know, whenever you're sitting there and you hear one of these buggies come up, and then somebody stabs the gas, like it doesn't matter what you're doing, you stop and you stare at it. You know, it's well, you just, can't uh, hide that much horsepower. Like you can't right. hide 500 horsepower. Right. <laughs> it demands respect, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest one that we ever built was 1600 horsepower. Uh, it was a, uh, a supercharged big block Chevy and it ran on alcohol. And um, it, ba- it basically had, you know, like a normal car injector will have like a fuel injector will be about 20 pounds or 22 pounds or 26 pounds. 
Uh, our LS3 Corvette engines run a 42-pound uh, injector, which is a pretty big one. Uh, like a 427 stroker or something like that will be like a 48-pound injector. Well, this one had 120-pound injectors. Oh, my God. <laughs> it didn't have 120-pound injectors, but it had two per cylinder. So 240 <laughs> pounds of injector oh per cylinder. To run. Uh, and uh, you want to talk about violent. I mean, it was <laughs> absolutely violent. I mean, this is, wow. a, this is an engine that you would put in a car and run a four-second to five-second quarter mile. And we have it in an off-road buggy. Like, it's just ignorant. That weighs 4,000 pounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so it was, uh, we never did put it on the drag strip because I, I, I don't think it would be safe at all. But And they probably wouldn't let you because, like, yeah. and stuff. But, I mean, I don't, they, I don't know what that thing would run. It would probably – I mean, it would be violently fast. I mean, I would yeah. probably say five or six seconds for sure in a quarter mile. Wow. I mean, it was nasty. I mean, it's 1,600 mm. horsepower, you know? It's a lot of, it's a lot of engine. It's a, a lot, lot of power. it was it was very scary to say the least. So very, very crazy stuff, man. Mm. Well, man, it has been a blast talking yeah. to you tonight. Uh yeah, man. thanks a ton for coming on. Tell uh people hold your listen, tell them where they can find you at, man. Yeah, so man, go we've got a bunch of different places. Like, so if you go to YouTube, you check out Busted Knuckle Films, and uh you'll see all the stuff that we do on youtube and then we've got like we just split off into the busted knuckle off-road so we actually have another youtube channel that's busted knuckle off-road we just did that i think like a month or two ago so there's not a lot of followers on there yet but we're starting to gain traction there um if you go to facebook uh you can type in my name jake berkey and then uh I i have riot buggy in my name so jake berkey riot buggy uh, you can check out some of our content there. Uh, we've also got Busted Knuckle Films on Facebook, a couple million followers on there, man. So that's going to be our like main main uh, station. Um, nice. But we own um, a bunch of different uh, Facebook pages too. So there's uh, something that you guys might be interested in. It's called Tow Trucks. If you go to uh, Facebook and you type in Tow Trucks, you'll see like uh, a bunch of content about people and towing and making sure that your car goes strapped down properly and yada yada. That's one of our stations. We've got a UTV nice. station. We've got a, uh, another, everywhere. Another, one called, another one called Rock Rods where we do just a bunch of really cool stuff. We've got a <laughs> group called Busted Knuckle Off-Road Facebook group. Uh, we're on TikTok. We're on Amazon. You can go to Amazon and you can type <laughs> in busted knuckle and you can watch us on Amazon prime. Uh, nice. I mean, you pick a station and we're on there. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, if you want to uh, get some off-road parts or you're interested in one of our vehicles, our way, our website, busted knuckle mm-hmm. Uh, you can also pick up apparel from busted knuckle, uh, busted knuckle gear.com, but busted knuckle You can go on there. And there's links to all this stuff, man. Like you can click on the media button and it'll, it'll have all of our different pages and you can just click on them and you don't nice. have to know, you don't have to know all the stuff. Just go to busted knuckle nice. okay. and you can branch out from there, you know? Heck yeah, man. Well, dude, it was a lot of fun hanging out tonight and chatting with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah excited definitely. to see where you take uh, the, the companies and, and excited to, See when you uh, finally find somebody to invest in that electric buggy. Uh, oh yeah, we'll have yeah, that's gonna be awesome. When it comes to the electric Amazing. buggy, you know. Yeah. And I'll hope you guys come down, man. Seriously, like we we do rides all the time. Y'all jump in a car, come down here, and we'll freaking take you for a couple rips in the buggies. And I promise you, the next podcast you'll be just just. Telling <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I will be I will be taking a family vacation down to the Redneck Riviera, i.e. the Gulf of Mexico. That's, so yeah. <laughs> I have to pass through Coleman, Alabama. And so I, I will come by. We will uh, we will ride in the buggies because this is something that I've always thought was would be a complete blast to do. And I didn't oh, realize yeah. it was five we'll miles. We'll tell off all the stories that we can't tell on here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the good ones. All right, <laughs> man. Well, hey, you take care. It was good chatting with you, brother. Yeah, it was great Thanks, talking man. to you guys, man.